Welcome to Potter Familius. Coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. <laughs> I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stefan Sylvester. Yowza. And I am still a child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't say how anything. Can you, how can you not grab a rubber band and not shoot it at No, someone? I can't say anything because I would do the exact same thing. Not that I'd want to shoot your eye out or something. No, you were aiming low. You were aiming at the arm. You got it. So this is going to date when I mentioned this this recording when we recorded this, but are you watching WandaVision? I am. After and I just started a week ago actually. So they're at the time that we're recording this There's four podcast. Episodes. Yeah. Episode four just came out recently and it is freaky weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't know yet how much I'm into it. Like there's certain characters that I like. We're not going to give any spoilers, but no. it's not your traditional Marvel. But that's actually part of the reason why I like it so much. Because it's a very different vibe for a superhero TV show kind of thing. And at first, I love that they don't give you any information about what's happening. Right. And that's something that I think is maybe lost on a lot of people, but I think that a lot of, you know, the folks that are watching Disney Plus are hopefully sticking with it because they seem to be planning to make more, but I like that. I like that they don't give the audience all the information that they need to know what's going on. I'm not looking for all the information, but there's certain characteristics, certain things that to me define Marvel products that I like. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole superhero thing, like I have a friend of mine that criticizes. Oh, is this another comic book movie? And I'm thinking, okay, it's not for you. No one likes those people anyway. Right. Well, I, I like the person, <laughs> but I don't like their attitude. Yeah. And I like the comic book movie that she's describing. I want superpowers, and I want people that fly, and I want capes, mm -hmm. and I want things that explode, and I want clashes of power. Yeah. And that's not happening thus far. I'm reading it well. It's not like I'm really super surprised by anything as of yet. I'll be mm -hmm. interested to see where they go with it and then really how it ends. Like now I'm like, okay, how are they going to land this plane? Yeah, they've got me hooked now only because I, I think I know where it's going. But even if I'm proven wrong, I'm really pumped to see what happens. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's a very interesting like character study, I, I, I would say. And at this point in time, we're starved for stuff that's new. Yeah. All the movies that have been pushed back due to the pandemic, and even when they're released, I'm still a cheapskate. So when they release it and they go, it's only $20, which is so much less. If three people watch it, it's way less than at the movie theater. I'm, nope. I'm not there yet. I might get there, by the way. Mm -hmm. they, they may totally train me to, to go like, it's only $20. Friday night, everybody. Let's I don't get know if together. They will. I don't know if they will because I think that... What's happening with the crazy stock market madness is an indication that people are not going to just roll over and get used to a new way of consuming uh, good information. Point. Because yeah. clearly there's a lot of people out there who were like, nah, we're going to stick it to the man. Okay. All right. When we're recording this, all that crazy GameStop stuff is happening with the stock market. And who knows where that's going to be. Silver. Silver's taken off. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> supposedly that's just a trick, though. Right. Well, so, all of it. All of it really is just a shell game. Well, yeah, Sorry. But, you know, it's like it's when it's, you get when you get way past your P&O ratio, you know, your profits earnings ratio, then then it's just a shell game. But who cares? It's a bunch of random people on the Internet. I, who I are, care 
when it affects real people with their retirement funds. Because those are the people, like the very wealthy, if they get hurt to the point where they have to sell a yacht, that doesn't bug me. It's when the real people who are on incomes where they need to pull a certain percentage out of their 401k to live on, then then that that affects me. Like, okay, I, I want those people to be okay. Sure. But I mean, all that is protected. We're talking about a private hedge fund that is trading with a bunch of different people's money, but all their money is protected. All they're doing is trusting the hedge fund to play the stock market in a particular way and make them more money. But if a certain percentage of the retirement is in that hedge fund, then it's going to affect those numbers. That's fair. Okay. But but in order for that to happen, the entire hedge fund would have to fail, which it's not looking like that's going to happen. Okay. I mean, they're losing a lot of money, but they're losing a lot of money that they gambled. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I, I fail to see how this is actually hurting people. But anyway, we're, the, we're getting way off track. Yeah, the WandaVision thing. Way off track. I have been really enjoying the vibe of the show, and I'm excited to see where it goes as well. And it is cool what we're going to be talking about today, because now that you have children, and you, of course, are the oldest of my 10 kids, mm-hmm. you and I have read a lot of bedtime stories. Yes. So we want to talk about favorite bedtime stories. And to as, read or to hear? At both. And as philosophers, these this could get freaky fast. Mm-hmm. I so, think it definitely will get freaky let's fast. Let's go. Let's go. Well, do you want me to go first? No, I want to punch it up. Oh, that's right. Derp. Derp, 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 my water bottle. What's wrong with yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Would you like a sugar, I mean a honey stick? I'm good, thank you though. <laughs> I was trying to think today when was my first recollection or memory, fond memory of a bedtime story being read to me. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I was sitting there going, I don't think my parents were really into reading oh my bedtime gosh. stories. Because oh, no. I don't, I have memories of some babysitters reading us bedtime stories. And by the way, that's not a criticism because I am I know that th- there's the busyness of raising kids and there are some habits that some parents have. And I'm not judging my parents because I didn't, I wasn't there. I was there as a kid, but I wasn't there as an adult to try to read the whole situation of what was going on yeah. in their lives. But I, I didn't really have any recollections too much of bedtime stories. That's kind of sad. Well, yeah, but... Okay, but I have lots of memories of reading bedtime stories. Right. And those, so, are, those are fun. So what are some of your favorite ones? Okay, uh, Goodnight Moon Okay, is huge for me, so much so that you and I originally had planned to turn it, to into, turn it into a rap video. Yeah, that was back when rapping things was kind of popular on YouTube. Do you remember? Yes, and I can't believe we now. never did that. Because it would have blown up. Yeah. It would have gone viral before the that we term been, existed. We would have been like awesome on the internet, like yeah. all over the place. That was like what, ten years ago that we came up to with the that little idea? old lady whispering hush. <laughs> it would have been like and the the whole We would have got sued probably. Well, yes, but the whole idea behind it was going way too hard with lyrics that don't make sense right. to go that hard with. Right. And it was really funny. I mean, it was really funny to talk about. Um my one that stands out to me is the uh, the angry ladybug. Which one is that? The very hungry 
Cat- oh no, not the caterpillar. Oh the no, ladybug. you're right. Yeah, the grouchy lady. The grouchy ladybug. Oh, That's what it Eric was. Carl. So another one of those Eric Carl stories, and it was about telling time. But I just liked the way that Mom would read it because she did these voices for the different characters, and they were hysterical because it's like, hey, you, you know how. Fight? Right, and you know how there's there's the normal way that a parent does silly voices for a book? Mm-hmm. When you're from the bayou... <laughs> you really are grouchy. Yeah, it's like, you're, it's like you turned up that silly, silly voices thing to like, all right, which relative should I talk like now? You know, the one with no teeth or the one who is a shrimp boat fisherman whose accent is so thick you can't and understand him. And also has no teeth. <laughs> That's like they both have no teeth. Um but in all in all fairness to my family, it was wonderful, and that is the thing that stands out to me in my memory is mom reading the the very grouchy ladybug, or is it just the grouchy ladybug? I think it's the maybe it's I don't know. We'll look it up. I don't remember, but the grouchy ladybug and doing all these silly voices, mm. and I remember that was one of the first times that I thought like, man, mom is so cool. Yeah. How does she come out? How does she come up with all this stuff? And Eric Carl's visuals are just incredible. How, because you can almost feel it being in that 3D mm-hmm. when he would do the kind of cray paper and he would make those things. I remember watching a video on the way he did his art and I thought, man, that it's so it's extensive and it's time consuming, yeah. but it is such a signature for him. Really cool. It worked for him. I'll tell you what, he's like the most popular children's author in, in the world, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Well, one to, of them. You ready to geek out on our Catholicism? I'm ready. Okay, there is a book out there for those people who are Catholic. It's just phenomenal called The Weight of the Mass. I knew you were going to talk about this one. I know, because the when mom bought it, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And I love the artwork in it. And I started reading the story, and I couldn't finish it mm-hmm. the first time, to the point where mom started crying, and then she tried to finish it. And I don't think the first time she could finish it either. And then poor you guys were, were like, are you guys all right? Like, what's you know, going are, on? Are the parents okay? You know, like, this is mm-hmm. nice and all, but it's, I don't know why you're crying. It's just, a, as for Catholics, it's a beautiful book, and it talks basically about the the power and the 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 numinousness of the Eucharist, the and what the, now? And the mass, the numinousness, numinousness. What is that, that? That that touches. It's so awe inspiring. Is that what that word means? Yeah, that the numinous means that it's overwhelming. The the awe of it, like we throw around the term awesome, numinous. Yes, I've literally never heard that word. Numinous. Before. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot. It, it just shows where, where I'm talking about the weight of something. What is it? Arousing say? spiritual or religious emotion, mysterious or awe-inspiring. Huh? Yeah. The more you know, it just it just floods you. It's like a tsunami. Yeah. Because the re, when the reality, it's heaven touching earth, and and I think that's not the norm for for bedtime stories. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. And. So I built I, a, a house out of sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Sure. And then he ate five oranges. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, we're gonna tell that story. We're gonna tell that story about me reading yes, before I could actually yes, read. Because, yeah. So the very hungry caterpillar 
was such a popular book when we read it to you that before you could read, you memorized it. Mm-hmm. And we had the big gathering at our house and you, who kind of enjoyed attention, said, what? hey, everybody, I'm going to read The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And everyone said, oh, isn't that cute that Stefan's going to attempt to read? And you went through it flawlessly. And one of the moms turned to your mom, Angel, and said, is he really reading that book? <laughs> and she goes, no, he's memorized it. She goes, oh, my gosh. I, I was so embarrassed that my children, oh who my are gosh. older than Stefan, can't read. And I was like, baby, you should have just played it up. Yeah, you should have just with run it. with it because then she would have oh, been like. Yes, he also does calculus. He should be in the gifted program. Yes. I would have been like, hey, sure. Because we at the time we were living in Tennessee, and I wanted to go. Yeah, he's, he just got accepted to Vanderbilt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's going to graduate when he's eleven. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a similar experience to yours with the weight of the mass mm-hmm. recently with a different book for a completely different reason. Do you remember that book that y'all used to read to us, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble? Oh yes, yeah. yes, I so, love that book. That's a good well, one. But here's the thing: so we got the book and. Afton was like, have you ever heard of this book, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble? And I was like, have I heard of that book? That book's awesome. <laughs> and so we ordered it. And this was like a couple of years ago. We ordered it and it came in and we were all excited to read the story to the kids for the first time. So we got all settled in the den and I start reading it. And it's so nostalgic that I cannot get through it. Aww. And so toward the end of the book, when without spoiling anything, something very happy and exciting happens and it's really beautiful and I like tried a couple of times to start the sentence again and I couldn't. So I just handed the book to Aft and I was like, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But it was one of those like watershed moments of, oh my gosh, like this was part of my childhood and now it's going to be part of my kid's childhood and I yeah. can't handle these emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but this is really just a microcosm of everything that we're talking about when, yeah. you're, when you're raising kids. Yeah. Bedtime stories is a small sliver of the pie, mm-hmm. but it's all of that kind of stuff. And it's really good to be reminded of it because I, for one, am, I have a tendency to get so project-oriented that I forget the really important stuff. Yeah. And I, I apologize. I apologize to you and to all the kids for any of those times. How dare you? Yeah, but when you came to me and you're like, Dad, do you want to, I don't know, play catch? Do you want to do something? And I'm engrossed in in stuff. All important. Now, some of it you can't get away from. Like mm-hmm. the other day I came home and Mom said, by the way, there's a leak under the bathroom sink. The bathroom shower is not working and the ice maker is broken. Mm-hmm. Th- those were the three sentences that came out of her mouth when I walked in the door. Like, Just by the way. And so, and I assessed it. I was like, okay, shower, I'll deal with a little bit. Ice maker, I could care less. But the water under the bathroom sink, got to do that right now. Yeah. And fortunately, I climbed underneath there to find that it was just a water balloon that had gone awry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Peter. So one of the kids is like, I'll just Peter. store it down here. I'll store it in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, Dad? Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do anything. It's oh like, my okay. Gosh. That's good. Then, then that check and the shower, I was like, all right, I have to turn the house, the whole water off to the house. I'll do that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Ice machine went in and ordered the part, and that's going to be in tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, I don't have any memories of, of any of this 
or or I should say that whatever instances you're talking about of of <clears throat> excuse me getting so caught up in projects that we weren't doing typical kids stuff, I don't have any memories of that. I'm glad. I'm glad you don't because I have a tendency to focus on my failures. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all do. No, not everybody. I went to someone's house one time and the guy was he had a trophy room. Like the whole wall was filled with trophies. Was he an athlete? I guess he had been an athlete earlier on in his life, but mm-hmm. it's not only those, but he also had little accolades and from real estate and some other things that he had done and well, yeah. ev- everything was on the shelves. And I've gotten awards in my life, and I don't keep them. I just, I just don't display them. And maybe that's something wrong I'm, for, with me. I, I'm not saying there's one way or another. It just struck me that I was like, wow, okay, I've gotten trophies before, and I, I discard them. But you're making it sound like psychologically people don't dwell on their failures. And, I mean, everyone does that. I, I get it, but I'm saying maybe he was more balanced than I am. Maybe so. I don't know. But I, I, my memories are more I, – I go more to the failures than anything else. I got teacher of the year two years in a row of four years that I taught in high school, at Archbishop Rummel High School in Metairie, Louisiana. And, by the way, those were four awesome – years just tremendous students i mean it it was just a great time but my memories of that time are the times that i lost my temper or the times that i said things that were hurting rather than loving and it's the same thing that you're talking about with the being raised in our family or bedtime stories and this kind of, you're like, dad, I don't Mm. remember any of this stuff. Like I'll run into, and I still have relationships with some of these students who are now in their forties, by the way. Yeah. Which is crazy. And and some the guys are like, what are you talking about, Todd? Mm -hmm. Like, like it was, that was just so great. I loved religion class and I can't even believe I'm saying that, you know, things like that. And I'm like, but all I remember is, and I'll, I'll, I'll have an instance and I'll say, do you remember when I did this? And they're like, no, like, what I are you don't remember, about? but that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good or healthy thing. I think that. I don't think it is. Yeah. I'm because, just, I'm just being honest because I, I mean, I do the same thing, but I recognize it as a tendency that I'm trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. And I also know that no matter what we do as parents and as fathers, especially, we're going to screw up our kids a little bit. Right. And. So what I what and Afton and I have talked about this. So coming all the way back around to the bedtime stories thing, that's just one area where it's like we have decided we're going to read to our kids all the time. Amen. And so we almost every day read at least one story to all the kids before they go to sleep. Nice. Almost every day. Nice. And we're making an effort to do that because we think that it's important, but we're also not beating ourselves up if we if we don't have time right. some days. And right. that's important, I that's think. Healthy. Because, that's healthy. Because you're, you're trying to mitigate the ways that your children will be, and traumatized is a strong word. Maybe it's just affected, like negatively affected. You're trying to mitigate the ways that your kids will be negatively affected mm-hmm. by your behavior and right. your actions. Right. And so as long as you're doing that, then I think you're doing the best you can. Right. And you balance the good. You Just like reading bedtime stories is such a good thing. It's a, such a good and healthy and positive thing, and you're creating these memories and what just like you remembering mom doing the voices. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that until you brought it up. Yeah, and now I'm sitting here glowing, 
and smiling because it was awesome. I remember her doing that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love that. Yep. So there are those certain things that you definitely want to initiate and create those habits, those virtues. Like something that we still do today is blessing our children, mm-hmm. making the sign of the cross on their foreheads. And I even remember you changed the way that we blessed our kids. I did? Yeah. You don't remember doing this. What did I do? One one day, you know, because we would make the sign of the cross and then we'd kiss you guys. And then one day you were like, I'm going to bless you now. <laughs> and you made the sign of the cross on my forehead and then mom's forehead. And then, of course, your sister saw that. She followed suit. Your brother saw that. He followed suit. And now all the way down. And it's what's really interesting. At the time that we're recording this podcast... It goes down, and then Peter and Andrew, our two youngest children right now, your youngest brothers, they don't bless us yet. I know they will eventually, but they don't yet, which Mm -hmm. I think is funny because I'll pause. You know, I'll bless Peter, and then he goes, good night, Dad, kisses me. And I'm thinking, okay, it'll be soon enough that you'll see one of the other kids doing it, and you'll be like, I'm going to bless you now. Wow. And that started with me? Yeah. You were the one. Because I, I, I remember going and looking at mom like, is, am I supposed to let him do this? Because the whole point was like a parental the, blessing, yeah, yeah, father's yeah, I blessing. See. Yeah, I, Abraham. I, I don't remember that. That's crazy. And and look of at how- Of course you don't remember. Well, you no, were but, like three. <laughs> but my point is, look at how something that to me felt sort of insignificant and I don't have any memory mm-hmm. of it has affected everything in our family. Yeah, all and, the way down. So you can see that type of thing happening and bedtime stories are a good way of remembering that that ripple effect goes way further than you think it does. Yeah. And it can be any any little thing. Mm-hmm. There there was someone that recently that wrote an article that I read where now their their mom is deceased, but they remember um, when she would come home, I think from college is what she was talking about, her mother would always say, do you want some, some good night tea? And it wasn't even something where she really even liked tea all that much at first, but they made kind of a big deal about it. And she had a tea set. So it was even with a little creamer and a little sweetener and a little thing. And it was, you know, herbal, non-caffeinated. So it was perfect to have at night. Yeah. And she said that was one of the fondest memories that she had of her mom because it would be about, you know, 15 minutes together. And then they would talk like, how was your day, honey? And yada yada and she just remembers it fondly now i love that stuff so i think we should start looking at our day thinking okay what what are we doing that's creating those fond memories for our children yeah what are they going to carry with them and then just as you pointed out it's going to be passed down like the thing i love watching you interact with your kids because i see a little glimmer of your mom and i Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, by the way, because you're you're doing it and taking it in a different direction and doing things. Yeah, and, but I mean, things unconsciously come through, and you can see that in person now. And it's really, really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although there's certain things that I haven't seen you do that I have been expecting, like the lying on the floor, doing the flips. Oh, we've done that. But I just, I never see you do it. Yeah. You have to explain to our listeners what I'm talking about. Yeah, so if you, you you did this to us as kids, you would lie on your back and you would hold your legs up in the air with your feet sort of pointed and flat. And so we would sit on the tops of your feet. 
and then you would launch us <laughs> and catch our shoulders and sort of gently put us down, and we'd end up doing a front flip all the way to the other end of your yes. body, and our feet would land by where your head are, yes. where your head is. And so I did the same thing with the kids, and I have to do it completely differently for each one because Edith, I can do it, and I have to go relatively slow. Eli wants me to flip him as hard as I can. And then Miriam is like, okay, let's just do this very slowly. And so it's like, all right, I'm just going to pass her from my legs to my feet and then gently put her down. And she's like, that was fun. <laughs> what about Samuel? Sam is not quite old enough for that yet. Okay. But as soon as he's uh, a little bit older, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. Now, have they gotten competitive yet with it? Because you... Always wanted to do something bigger and better than any of your other siblings. Yeah, they have. But I mean, they're so close together in age that they all... Like, I've seen Edith a few times sort of tone down what she's doing to mm -hmm. match her siblings. So right. already I can see how... Oh, that's they're sweet. trying to. Yeah, that's a nice They're trying balance. to be considerate. Yeah, you did the opposite of that. Yeah. Oh, you never wanted no. to tone anything down. I'm aware. Thank you, you first wanted me to put cushions behind me to launch you and let go. You were like, Dad, let go. I was like, okay, make sure mom's not in the room before I do this, because if you break a collarbone, because two of your siblings have done that, by the way. Yeah. And then my favorite one was after that, because then MC, we started launching her. So you're like, okay, got to get bigger, got to get better, is when you were like, I'm not letting go. So I tried to flip you, but you'd ha you stay hanging onto my legs, and you'd wrap your feet around my legs. So I, I was like, I was like, fine. All right, you want to do that? I'll put my my body straight up, like I'm almost doing a handstand, while you're holding on to the bottoms of my legs, and see how long you can stay there. And you never let go. Yep. I was waiting for you to let go and crash into me, and I, I got so tired that I had to put you down. I was like, this is incredible. You had to have abs of steel when you were at doing that time. That. I had a six pack stomach. Yeah. How about that? And I, I have you guys to thank for it. You're welcome. Because at night, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd go to bed. <laughs> I was like, I can't feel much. Like, everything hurts. Everything hurts. Man. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So I think bedtime stories are part of that beautiful way of seeing the effect that you have on your kids. And they are really important. Yeah. Got a dad thing? I do. Uh, you go first. Okay. My dad thing is... Don't be afraid to apologize to your children. Mm, that's a good one. Like I snapped at Andrew the other day because I had been working for a day and a half on trying to get the old golf cart working. And I bought it, all these new parts. And the wiring diagram was like something from NASA. <laughs> and it was just absolutely insane. You know, I'm, I'm there with a big magnifying glass trying to trace wires and ohming out stuff. And just very, honestly, a little frustrated. And he's like, are you done yet? You done yet? You done yet? I mean, kept badgering. And I tried to be nice for a long time. And by hour eight, I was like, listen. I am doing my best. I have stayed out here all day trying no. to get this. So I, I, I kind of exploded a little bit on him. And then I got it going, and I invited him outside to be the first one to drive it. I said, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little snappy. And, and, and he looked at me like, oh, dad's apologizing. Like, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, don't be afraid to apologize to your kids. It doesn't make you 
weak. Yeah. It shows your strength. My dad thing is don't talk to your kids like they're stupid. Oh, amen. Because I see a lot of other parents be like, I'll tell you when you're older or the equivalent of that when Mm. in answer to questions because they're just tired of getting all the questions all the time. Yeah. So Afton and I have both, my wife and I have both tried to actually answer our kids' questions. Now, we can't always do it. Like we were reading a Star Wars story tonight and I think Eli asked me like uh, maybe 12,000 questions in the course (laughs) of a five-minute story. But so I couldn't answer all of them, obviously. (laughs) But I did answer the ones that I could and still tell the story in a timely manner. And so we try to do that. If the kids have a question about something, we don't treat them like they're stupid or like they can't understand it. We actually explain it. And if they say, I don't understand, then at that point, we're just like, well, we'll explain more when you're older. Right. But you try answering the question first, give them the information, see what they do. And by the way, I'm going to remind him that tomorrow he's going to be older. Dun, dun, dun. What? When you say, I'll explain more when you're older. Oh, right. They're older tomorrow. Right, right, right. They'll I'm wake up saying. and be like, Dad, I'm older now. I'm older now. That's so not what now I meant. tell me. <laughs> not what I meant. But Grandpa said. <laughs> yes, baby. Please don't do that. You're awesome. Thank you. Oh, we have the best listeners in the world. Thanks for reaching out. Please continue to comment, share, like, subscribe. Do all the things. And perfectly consider maybe sponsoring us, being part of the sponsor family. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familias. We appreciate y'all.